as we enter into this time of worship, let us put away the pressures of the world that ask us to perform, to put on a brave face, to pretend we're on top of things and holding it all together, to make out we're someone other than who we truly are. Silence those voices that ask you to be perfect. This is a space of compassion and hospitality. You don't have to do anything special to earn the love and care contained within this gathering. You don't have to be braver, smarter, stronger, better than you are in this moment to belong here with us. You only have to bring the gift of your body, no matter how able, your seeking and attentive mind, no matter how busy, your tender animal heart, no matter how broken. Bring your whole self, all that you are and all that you love to this hour. You are so very welcome here. So come, let us worship together. These opening words adapted from a piece by Unitarian Universalist Minister Erica Hewitt welcome all who have gathered here on Zoom this morning to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to members of the congregation, to friends and visitors who are with us live today, joining us from far and wide across the capital, across the country, across the world, possibly other planets, who knows. And also those who may be listening in later via the podcast or watching this service on YouTube at a later date. For those who don't know me, my name is Jane Blackall and having been part of this church for nearly 22 years now, I realise, I'm now the ministry coordinator for the congregation and also your ministry student on placement this spring as part of my final year of training with Unitarian College. If you're here for the first time today, we're especially glad to have you with us. Welcome. I hope you find something of what you need, some inspiration or comfort perhaps in the service. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat or drop us an email to introduce yourself if you'd like. And if you're a regular here, thank you for all you do to welcome all who come every week. Every single one of us plays a vital part in co-creating this sacred space, this beloved virtual community. So whoever you are, however you are, even if you've not quite finished your porridge, you're still in your pyjamas or haven't even managed to get out of bed yet, know that you are welcome in this space just as you are. Please do make yourselves at home, virtually speaking. As we always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable. It's always lovely to see your faces in the gallery and to get a sense of our gathered togetherness as a community. But we know for some it will be more comfortable to keep your camera mostly off and that is fine. Similarly, there will be opportunities to join in as we go along, but there's no compulsion. We hope you'll say hello at some point down the line, but you can quietly lurk with our blessing. In this morning's service, we will be reflecting on improvisation as a way of life. This is kind of a follow-up to last week's service. Having reflected last Sunday on how often our best laid plans go astray, this week we're considering how to make a virtue out of a necessity, given that life so often dumps us in situations that we wouldn't have chosen, but which we have to make the best of. How might we best embrace the spirit of improvisation to help us flourish in these uncertain times? So I'll light our chalice now, as we do each Sunday and at other times when we gather. This simple ritual connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and it reminds us of the historic and proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. May the light of this chalice be a reminder of the shared values and principles around which we gather, upholding the inherent worth and dignity of every person, cherishing all those diverse creatures and habitats with whom we share this earth, our home, seeking human liberation and flourishing and serving the common good of all. May this little light and all it represents make a home in our hearts where it will ever guide us back to our highest aspirations and help us to be responsive, creative, loving and just in this complex and ever-changing world. 
as we move now into an extended time of prayer based in part uh, by on words by the Unitarian Universalist Alex Jensen which in turn are loosely based on the traditional Lord's Prayer. Let's each do what we need to do to get ourselves into the right state of body and mind for it. Maybe shift your position, maybe intentionally adopt a more prayerful posture, whatever that means to you. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze, maybe look at the chalice flame. Whatever helps you get your heart in the right place to be fully present with yourself, with each other, and with that larger presence which holds us all. Spirit of life, God of all love, source eternal, in whom we live and move and have our being, to breathe your sacred name is a blessing. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune in to your holy presence within us and amongst us. Your world become, your will be done here on earth, inspiring our aspirations to do and be better people. May we have all that we need to survive and live and thrive. Remind us to be gentle. May we love mercy and kindness, recalling those times when we've fallen short ourselves. Call us also to be firm. May we not be tempted to follow selfish motivations or reside in narrow privileges, unexamined and uninterrogated. Move us to counter and overcome injustice in ourselves, our lives, our institutions. For yours is the beloved community, the fire of commitment in our hearts, and the spirit of generosity and abundance, now and always. In this prayerful spirit, let us take a few moments now to look back over the past week, sit quietly for a while, and inwardly give thanks for those joys and pleasures we have felt along the way. Moments of love, friendship and camaraderie, Experiences of wonder and delight, reassurance and relief. Bursts of playfulness, spontaneity and generosity. Feelings of achievement, perhaps, creativity and flow. All those times when we felt most alive and awake. And let us also take some time to ask for the consolation, the forgiveness and the guidance we may need as we acknowledge our sorrows and regrets. Times of loss, pain, anger and fear. Periods of uncertainty and anxious waiting. Realisation of our own weaknesses mistakes and failings. Awareness of missed opportunities, those things left unsaid or undone. All those moments when we struggled and felt like a bit of a mess.
expanding our circle of concern ever wider, let us bring to mind those people and places and situations that are in need of prayer right now. Maybe friends or loved ones, those who are closest to our hearts. Maybe also those we find difficult or where there's some kind of conflict going on. And maybe those we don't know so well or we've only heard about on the news. Let's take a few more moments now to hold them in the light of love. Spirit of life, God of all love, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. So if you were here last week, you'll know that in response to popular demand, uh, we're currently exper experimenting with having not one, but two hymns in our services. And our first hymn today speaks of the gifts of joining together in community, of sharing our stories and struggles and supporting each other as best we can along the way. It's called Here We Have Gathered, and it's sung for us by the Unitarian Music Society. The words will appear on your screen shortly so that you can sing along, though you might prefer just to listen. We'll do our best to make sure you're all muted, so if you do sing along, nobody but your housemates and possibly your neighbours, if you're particularly vigorous, will hear you.
morning. This is a reading called Leftovers by Gordon McMeeman. I sometimes enjoy cooking. I've discovered that one of the greatest of culinary skills is making new creations out of leftovers. It takes imagination. It takes a little skill with spices, herbs and sauces. The achievement of a satisfying and palatable meal from leftovers can be a model of how one might conduct one's own life in a creative way. The first thing you need to do is to open the refrigerator door. You'll see an assortment of things, containers, jars, bags, boxes, and things wrapped in foil, wax paper, and plastic. Now, I invite you to open a different door, the door of your past. What you find there will be leftovers too. You will probably find your parents' voices, their admonitions, perhaps their praise, maybe their blame, their warnings, some expression of their love, their anxiety. You may find traces of their uncertainties, problems, and hopes. You will rediscover some decisions that you have made without thorough understanding of the consequences about leaving home or not leaving, about when you decided to be married or not to be, or both, and to whom. You will probably remember some of the jobs you took, some of the jobs you wanted but didn't get, and some of the ones you thought about and turned down. You will also find some circumstances, accidents, diseases, and the times you were born into and lived through. You will find your family and some of its ways, its customs, the habits that were funny or odd and are somehow deeply ingrained and make other ways seem even odder than your own. You will find people who touched your life in a thousand unaccounted and unexpected ways, who were there at special moments and changed you or made you a gift. The gift of a smooth stone, a happy day or an unforgettable experience. And there will be all the ruins, sorrows, guilt, regrets, along with the fears and the hopes, dreams and doubts, forgivings and forbiddings. Don't we have crowded refrigerators? Every one of us, such a collection of leftovers. In making a life, we're all cooking with leftovers from childhood, even infancy. The longer we're at it, the more leftovers there are. Of course, people are always looking for the big answer. And there is one big answer to cooking with leftovers. You open the door and you are faced with the problem. What can I make of it? I take that to be the secret ingredient for dealing with leftovers. A scriptural version is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You might consider attaching it to the refrigerator door, either the internal one or the external one, since it's a, since it's a description that fits both. What is that secret ingredient? It is, of course, faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Welcome to the world where we are all cooking using leftovers. Some of us with imagination, some with creativity, some merely resenting the task, some thinking there is no possibility in it. Add the secret ingredient. Something will come of it that will be at least edible, probably even quite palatable.
Thanks, Sonia. So we're moving now into a time of meditation. You might want to have a wiggle, get comfortable as you can in your chair, if you're in a chair. Put your feet flat on the floor to help ground and steady yourself. Maybe close your eyes. There'll be just a few brief words by Jezebel Anat to gently invite us into this meditation. And the words will take us into a good few minutes of shared stillness, during which we'll put our chalice cam up on screen, just in case you find it restful to watch the moving flame. And for our meditation music this week, we have a gorgeous a cappella song, One Voice, from Marilisa Valtazanu. As ever, these words and these images and music are just an offering, not an obligation. You're free to think your own thoughts and to meditate in your own way. Let us enter into a calm, clear place. A place where we can relinquish our inner clutter and relax from busyness into being. Let us settle into that calm, clear place where the earth supports our bodies, the community lifts our spirits, where we can breathe in peace and center ourselves in love. Let us welcome our calm, clear place where our hearts can safely open and our thoughts can expand beyond the limits of convention and out into the creative flow of the infinite.
This is the sound of one voice, one spirit, one voice, the sound of one who makes a choice. This is the sound of one voice, this is the sound of one voice. This is the sound of voices too, the sound of me singing with you, helping each other to make it through. This is the sound of voices too, this is the sound of voices too. This is the sound of voices three, singing together in harmony, surrendering to the mystery. This is the sound of voices three, this is the sound of voices three. This is the sound of all of us Singing with love and the will to trust Leave the rest behind, it will turn to dust This is the sound of all of us This is the sound of all of us This is the sound of one voice, one people, one voice, a song for every one of us. This is the sound of one voice, this is the sound of one voice. Gorgeous music. Thanks, Marilisa. So to lead into my reflection this morning, I want to share another bonus short reading with you. It uh, comes from a book called The Art of Is, Improvising as a Way of Life by Stephen Nakmanovich. And this book in large part inspired this week's choice of service theme. The reading is titled Tell Them About the Dream. On August the 28th, 1963, at the Lincoln Memorial, during the climax of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, the great gospel singer Mahalia Jackson was sitting on the platform near her friend Martin Luther King. Dr King had begun reading his prepared address. Seven paragraphs into the speech, Jackson broke in and shouted, Tell him about the dream, Martin. Tell him about the dream. Dr King pushed aside his notes and began improvising. His written text did not mention dreams at all. As he looked up at the crowd and rolled into the rhythmic majesty of I Have a Dream, Dr King was riffing on part of an earlier speech he'd given at Cobo Hall in Detroit, but he felt it hadn't worked very well. He was riffing on bits from the Bible, from Shakespeare, from Lincoln, from the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. The ghost of Gandhi was never far away. And though we can identify the deep roots of King's words, the innumerable strands and influences had been collectively digested, absorbed and fully integrated. The interbeing of many is expressed in the voice of each of us. We recognise King's courage and brilliance, but he was not some solitary genius spinning creativity out of whole cloth, for there are no such geniuses. This is what it means to be human, to learn and assimilate the patterns of culture, community and environment, both conscious and unconscious, and alter them as needed, make them ours, such that the voice spontaneously emerging is our voice, interdependent with the human world in which we live. Thus we breathe life into art and art into life. Improvising means coming prepared but not being attached to the preparation. Everything flows into the creative act in progress. Come prepared, but be willing to accept interruptions and invitations. 
trust that the product of your preparation is not your papers and your plans, but yourself. Know that no solo is truly solo. And even one of the greatest speeches of all time was helped into existence by a good friend's blurted reminder. Tell them about the dream from The Art of Is by Stephen Nakmanovich. So in last week's service, Janine and I considered the question, to plan or not to plan? In the light of this past year, and it is almost exactly a year, I realise it was the 8th of March 2020 when I last preached in the church building in Kensington. In the light of all the disruption and uncertainty of the past 12 months, we were asking, is there any point in planning anything anyway, when all our plans are liable to get thwarted or just torn up and thrown out of the window altogether? And I hope this extremely brief summary of your sermon sounds about right, Janine. We concluded that plans are still very much worth making as they can help us to live more intentionally, to live out of our principles and values rather than following the crowd. Plans can give us a sense of agency rather than feeling that we're drifting through our days at the mercy of chance. And plans can help keep our spirits up by giving us things to look forward to, hopes on the horizon. At the same time, though, we can and we must be clear eyed and realistic about the possibility, perhaps the likelihood that most of our grand plans won't entirely survive contact with reality. So it helps if we can hold our plans lightly with a certain openness of mind and heart and be ready to respond and adapt to whatever unexpected curveball life might throw at us next. Which brings us to this morning's theme, improvisation as a way of life. Now, I must confess, some of you know this, I am the last person who should be talking to you about improvisation. The idea of being spontaneous or speaking off the cuff or, God forbid, doing a role play has struck terror into my heart for most of my life. I like to have a script or a plan and I like to stick to it. And I expect that will always be my preference. I suspect I'm not alone in that, though I'm sure there are plenty of free spirits present here this morning who tend to lean more the other way. But if you're anything like me, you might need a bit of convincing about this idea of embracing improvisation. But the thing is, whether you or I would choose to improvise for fun or not, well, over the course of our lives, the need to improvise at least occasionally is pretty much unavoidable. We're repeatedly going to find ourselves in situations where the unexpected happens and we need to respond creatively somehow to the new reality that we suddenly find ourselves in. Now, when you hear the word improvisation, I wonder what first comes to mind. Comedy, perhaps? Certainly, I remember watching the Channel 4 improv panel show, Whose Line Is It Anyway, as a teenager back in the 90s, and I went to see the comedy store players once or twice. I know we've got a number of specialists in various forms of improv amongst us. Dear Veronica is a master practitioner of playback theatre, as many of you have been lucky enough to witness firsthand. And our own Jenny, our warden, is passionate about the form of dance known as contact improvisation. You might be thinking of improv in music, especially jazz. I don't know if we've got any jazz musicians in the virtual house this morning. I know we've got some jazz enthusiasts. Or taking a different tack, perhaps inspired by the reading that Sonia gave us, there's improvisation in the kitchen. I only just found out there's been a revival of Ready Steady Cook on the telly, that show where celebrity chefs are presented with a carrier bag of random ingredients and have to rustle up something vaguely edible out of it in 20 minutes with the help of a reasonably well-stocked store cupboard. But what unites all these different forms of improvisation and all the other forms I haven't mentioned? Well, in another recent book, Improv Your Life, an improviser's guide to embracing whatever life throws at you, Pippa Evans writes this. Improvisation is a mystery to many people because it is so tied up in its identity as a comedy show rather than a skill in and of itself. So I would like to use the following definition of improvisation. Improvisation is the art of using what is available to you in the moment. Improvisation is the art of using what is available to you in the moment. 
This definition works for me because the strongest improvisers are the ones who have unlimited access to everything they possess. What is available to you means the people around you, the props on the table and the treasure trove that is yourself. Your thoughts, your words, your responses, your presence in the moment. The best improvisers are not loud show-offs, not all of them anyway. They are people who are curious and interested in the world around them. They want to expand their general knowledge to be equipped for every scenario. Words from Pippa Evans. So that's what I mean by improvisation as a way of life. The art of using what is available to you in the moment. Think back to that piece by Gordon McKeeman that Sonia read about leftovers. He uses that metaphor of improvising something more or less edible out of the random bits and pieces we happen to have left in our fridge. That metaphor gets us thinking more deeply about the process of improvising a life that is livable out of the random bits and pieces, be they material, psychological or spiritual, that we've accumulated over the course of our lives so far. Given who you are, the resources you have at your disposal, and the situation you happen to find yourself in, however suboptimal it might be, the way of the improviser is to ask in that moment, what can I make of it? Now, paradoxically, it actually takes a fair bit of preparation in order to be able to improvise skillfully and well. Preparation can increase what is available to you in the moment. It can enhance your metaphorical store cupboard by stocking you up with more resources to draw on. But as Stephen Nakmanovich put it, Improvisation means coming prepared, coming prepared, but not being attached to the preparation. The spontaneous delivery of I Have a Dream by Martin Luther King illustrates perfectly how, despite appearances, the very best improvisation doesn't just conjure brilliance out of thin air. It takes a huge amount of groundwork. Dr King had given many speeches before that day, none of which had quite taken flight in the way that this one did but he learned a lot through all that prior experience. And he was thoroughly steeped in so many crucial cultural influences too, the Bible and Shakespeare, and the work of political pioneers and activists, all of which he had digested, absorbed and integrated. Dr. King used what was available to him in the moment. In his case, this was a huge wealth of inner riches, which he drew on, riffed on and remixed in real time in order to articulate his powerful vision. We can learn from his example when preparing ourselves to improvise in daily life. All the wisdom that we're exposed to, that we can digest and absorb and integrate, that becomes part of our inner treasure trove. It shapes our way of seeing and responding to the world in each moment. Again, as Nakmanovich put it, trust that the product of your preparation is not your papers and your plans, but yourself. Now, many forms of improvisation, certainly in music and dance, theatre and comedy, they involve two or more people playing off each other, which requires some tuning in, some sensitivity of perception to allow truly responsive, constructive collaboration in the moment. And this often involves some form of framework or rules of engagement to structure the interaction. It's rarely a complete free-for-all. Musicians might structure their improvisation by basing it on certain scales. Dancers, and I know this much from my limited experience of ballroom dancing, social dancers will have a repertoire of basic steps that they can join together in different combinations as they respond to the music. And we practice our scales or practice our dance moves so that they come more easily to us when we need them. They're available to us in the moment. Again, the same principles might come in useful when we think about improvisation in daily life because we're never truly living in isolation and we'll face constraints and opportunities as a result of our interactions. We're part of an interdependent web with every other being in the universe. So the dance that is our life will always involve other people, which inevitably complicates matters somewhat. And perhaps the final thing to mention about improvisation is that it's typically guided by some sort of vision of what we might hope to create, whether it's an audience rolling with laughter a beautiful and flowing movement across the dance floor, a delicious curry, or maybe even a speech that will change hearts and minds and bend the moral arc of the universe towards justice. I mean, 
perhaps the rest of us won't have quite the impact that Martin Luther King did, but all of our creative acts, however humble, play their part in nudging the universe in one direction or another. So when it comes to improvising as a way of life, well, what is it that we hope to create? What are the values and principles that guide us and shape our way of being in the world? What are the aspirations we hold before us when we look at our life and ask, what can I make of it? In a way, coming to church each week is a bit like practicing our scales or our dance steps in preparation for the everyday improvisation that is our life. Here, we remind ourselves over and over of our shared principles, internalizing them so they become habits of mind and heart so that they are available to us in the moment so that when we're confronted by life's latest plot twist, we stand a better chance of spontaneously responding in a way that aligns with our highest values. And each time we meet here, I hope, we each tuck a little bit more wisdom away into our store cupboards and build up our resources, our inner strength, for whatever it is we might have to deal with next. So I hope to see you all back here next week, same time, next place, same place, yeah? and we can keep on practicing together as best we can. And in so doing, let's support each other in responding ever more creatively to this precious life we share. May it be so, for the greater good of all. Amen. Time for us to sing together once again, a jaunty one, how could I not pick this? Let it be a dance. The words will appear on screen shortly and you can sing along with the Unitarian Music Society once again. Feel free just to listen. But, you know, if you fancy a dance around your living room, now's the time. It'd be rude not to. for a few announcements now. Thanks to Janine for her ever so competent hosting, Sonia for the reading and Marilisa for the lovely music today. As ever there are a number of opportunities to connect with the congregation in the week ahead. Uh, there's coffee morning at 10.30 on Tuesday, always lively conversation and newcomers are welcome. 
Heart and Soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering is on the theme of communication this week. Few spaces left tonight. I think I could probably squeeze one in for Friday too. Even if you've never been before, it's never too late to start. Get in touch if you want to know more. We'll have a virtual coffee time after the service today to chat in small groups if you'd like. And if you can bear it, we always like to take a group photo after the closing music, so do stick around. We'll be back next week on Zoom at 10am when Sarah's leading the service and it's fine to share the Zoom link with others if uh, you want to bring your friends. Like I said before, if you are new, do get in touch to introduce yourself. It's, it's slightly harder to get to know uh, newcomers on Zoom, um, so yeah, feel free to say hello. Um, we're planning to produce a creative congregational serve, uh, journal um, and the deadline for the first issue is only a fortnight away now on the 19th of March. The theme for this first one is home. I admit I have not been overwhelmed with contributions so far, so if you're planning to work on something, uh, give me a shout. Anyone even remotely connected to the congregation is invited to get in touch with any articles or meditations or poems or art or photos you might have on the theme. Uh, you can reach me via the, the email that we sent the Zoom link out with. I also want to plug the next West London Green Spirit Group, which is a spring equinox online retreat on the 20th of March from 2 till 5. Uh, details are in the weekly email. Um, if you hang around after the service, you might be able to catch David if you want to ask more about it. I think that's all I need to tell you. So we've just got our closing words now and another song from Marilisa to finish our service today. At this point, I invite you to select gallery view if you can, so that we can all see each other for the benediction and get a sense of our gathered community as we close. And so our gathering ends. May we go forth thankful for the life that sustains and renews us, receptive to the grace that surrounds and surprises us, and attentive to all those gifts and possibilities that surround us along the way. Amen. slow in this world is no crime 
let it all hang out and take its own time. You just let it all hang out and take its own time. You just let it all hang out and take its own time. You just let it all hang out and take its own time and take its own time. You just let it all hang out and take its own time.